Lord Jesus, you are the good shepherd who cares for his sheep and leads his sheep. Say, I, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And I know the sound of my, my sheep's voices. You're the one who leads us in our life, Lord. And you shepherd us. You care for us. You, like the scripture says, you anoint our head with oil. And we just give you praise, Lord Jesus, for being such a kind and good and loving and protective shepherd as well. You know the needs of each of your sheep. You know where we're wounded. You know where we're frightened and fearful. You know where we just don't know where to go, Lord. You know us intimately, Lord. And we praise you this morning, God. And we thank you for, for being our shepherd. And today, Lord, would you shepherd this time as we celebrate and honor you, Lord, with our service, we pray that you bless Precious Hill Restorative as uh, Kenny, Daniel, or Deacon, would you bless them as well in their journey. And so we give you praise and look forward to what you're going to do today in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you remain standing, first of all, welcome to Resurrection Church. I'm so glad everyone is here. If you're watching online, hello. If you remain scanning in honor of the Word of God, uh, Michelle is going to read a portion of Scripture, and we want to honor God's Word by remaining standing. And uh, why don't we use the microphone to hear him? Chapter 13, verses 5 through 15. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter and he said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I do you do not realize now, but you will understand thereafter Peter said to him never shall you wash my feet Jesus answered him if I do not wash you you have no part with me Simon Peter said to him Lord Simon Peter said to him Lord then wash not only my feet but also my hands and my head Jesus said to him, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For you knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. So then he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again. And he said to them, do you know that I have, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. 
for I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. the mics now we can all right well today we have a, a very special service today it's it's uh, the deacon ordination of Daniel Scholler and uh, um, so this is a this is a, a celebratory uh, day um, so I'm I'm just excited for Daniel and First of all, ordination service uh, is something that's not technically in the scripture. You know, there's no ordination service. You know, when there's no order of what we're supposed to do. Uh, the word ordination comes from uh, the idea where Jesus says in John 15:16, He says, "You did not cho- choose me, but I chose you and appointed you uh, that you should bear fruit." That idea of appointing is where we get ordination from, and. And ordination is something where it's a recognition of the calling of God on a person's life. Um, and uh, it's something that's sort of you know, not, it not um, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't call a person. It recognizes God's calling. And so uh, those of you guys who know Daniel, and we have known Daniel for quite some time since the beginning, uh, understand that there is a calling on his life. And, uh, and today we're going to honor that. And so I thought today we'd talk about exactly what's a deacon, because, you know, it's, it's maybe a term that's not familiar. Uh, so what is a deacon? And a deacon really is, it's the, word, the word deacon is diakonos or diakonia in, in Greek. It actually means servant, and it's used in general terms throughout the scripture, throughout the New Testament especially. Um, Jesus says in Matthew twenty twenty six, it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be his She'll be your deacon, diaconess, your servant. Okay, uh, he says that the greatest among you shall be your servant, your diaconess, your diaconia, your, your servant. Okay, this idea. Um, in fact, Jesus's first miracle was a- at the wedding at Cana in John chapter two, and uh, and when he went to his when his mother went to him and says, "Hey, we're out of they're out of wine." which was a big deal in that time because wedding celebrations lasted a week. Uh, she said to the servants, the deacons who were attending the wedding, do whatever he says. Okay. So the deacons are a general term. Um, all believers are called a deacon. We're all called to be a deacon. We're all called to serve. That is that is what we just read or heard was the the service the the servanthood of Christ you know Jesus Christ who came to the earth and lived as a servant so he humbled himself as a servant and when he washed his disciples' feet he actually took on the the role of the one of the lowest servants when you came to a person's house one of the formal things they would do is wash your feet because you walked everywhere in sandals <coughs> and uh, your feet got dirty. And so, so as to not track in the dirt, they would have a servant that would wash the feet. And Jesus, when he takes up the towel, uh, assumes that role. And he says, what I did to you, I did to you as an example, the teacher, this is the way my kingdom rolls. Is 
is servanthood is one of service. Many people want to become great in, in the church and have the big name. You want, you want to become great, you serve. The church in general, we're called to be servants. In the world, servants are looked down upon or, igno- or ignored. In God's eyes, servants are sort of the, 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 the role model, the champion, so to speak. You know? So uh, we're all called to, to deacon, to, to serve, um, to wait tables. That's another translation of the word, to, to be a table waiter. Um, but then there's a sense where a deacon is actually an office of the church, okay? A deacon uh, is an office of the church, and there's really only two offices of the church. There is the the overseer, elder, pastor role, right? And then there's the deacon role, and they work together, and both are necessary. And uh, so both offices are, are are recognized in a public service, and we do this sort of to sort of like make this statement of this person has been designated as an official officer of our church, right? And Deacon uh, Daniel, as we're calling from now on, <laughs> will be our first person that we have ordained as as uh, a fellow servant in Christ. Um, so why are deacons necessary? Why are our deacons necessary? I want to take you to two significant scriptures. The first scripture, of course, these are, uh, if you know your Bible, it's not unfamiliar, but uh, Acts chapter 6. I want you to go to Acts chapter 6. So we're going to look at the sort of the precursor to the office of deacon is found in the example of Acts, Acts chapter 6. So if you go to Acts chapter 6. Book of Acts, of course, is recording the, the Acts of the church. The, first, the church actually started in Acts chapter 2 with the, the, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was sent. And we read in... Um, in Acts chapter 2, how they were, the disciples were, they were gathered, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to prayer, breaking of bread, and so forth. And the scripture says these words, if I can just, um, sorry, lost there. <coughs> it says, in a, at the end of Acts chapter 2, it says, uh, and the Lord was adding to the number day by day those who were being saved. The church is growing, right? Good things are happening. Um, in fact, you have healings taking place. You have, you have some outside um, difficulties outside the church where the, 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 the Jewish leaders did not like what was happening with, um, <coughs> with, with uh, the followers of Christ. So they arrested a couple of the disciples. And then... In Acts chapter 4, I'll get to Acts chapter 6 in a second. In Acts 4, it says this, that uh, in verse 32, I'm just going to read this, that the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. So there's this unity, there's this growth. Not one of them claimed that anything belonged to his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was given upon all. And they would they would help one another out. They would give to one another. So things were, were doing good, right? But then when you get to Acts chapter six, <coughs> there's an issue that comes up. In Acts chapter six, this, it says this. Now, at this time, while the disciples were increasing, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews. So 
Remember, in, in Acts chapter 2, you have this gathering at Pentecost of Jewish people from all over, well, the, that part of the world, right? But at Pentecost, many of them became saved. The Hellenistic Jews lived outside of Israel, okay? The Greek Jews, basically. And then the, uh, the Hebrew Jews lived in Israel. So a lot of them got saved. So they're still in town, you know, part of the church now. And what would happen was in the synagogue, uh, in, the, in the, the tradition of the synagogue was where they would go around and collect money for the poor, right, and, and support the poor and, the, and help the people who are in their church or in their synagogue. Well, they, uh, evidently the, the original church carried on this tradition, and, but they were neglecting the Greek Jews. They were neglecting because their widows were being overlooked In the daily serving of food. So we have you have the, the, the Greek widow Jews, now believers, aren't getting fed. They're not being they're not being taken care of. Right? And they're being ignored and they're giving the Hebrew mom widows the food. So there's there's a there's a problem here, right? The church has been going good, it's been growing, but then now there's a there's a potential internal conflict that's gonna happen here. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Now, this is not to say that the word of God and serving tables is bad. Disciples say we have to be focused on what we're called to do. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, that we, who may be, who may, we may put in charge of this task but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. We're going to hear about Stephen in Acts chapter 7. And Philip, who we'll hear about later on in, I think, Acts, uh, Acts 8, uh, Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Parmenius, and Nicholas, the proselyte from Antioch, and these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. This is, uh, and then it says, the word of God kept spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem with great many of priests that were obedient to the faith. So the deacons, these deacons, these people, these men were, were chosen at a crucial time, okay? The church is growing, there's unity, all things were in common, they're excited, but this potential conflict comes in, and the solution was appointing men that would help serve and minister to the needs of the body. And the result was, as the word of God was able to be preached, and the church continued to grow. Deacons serve a vital, vital role in any church. Let me just tell you, doing church is not a one-man job. And I'm telling you, I know it for a fact because I try to do it all. You guys know me, right? And it can be exhausting to try to do it all. And... And my job is to, is to stay focused on the word of God, stay focused on the ministry of the word, right? Um, and because the de deacons were chosen, and technically they're not appointed to the office of deacon like in, in, in we're going to see, but they are precursor to the office. So we, get, we can learn some lessons. First of all, what are some things we can, uh, uh, we can learn? First of all, the... The needs of the church were met. Deacons serve the needs of the church. Practical ministry, right? They serve practically. Um, Daniel fixes our sound. He does so.
so much around here. He would do he would do a whole lot more if he could. Or, and if he doesn't know how to do it, he'll look it up. Right? Um, that's what Daniel does. Is he is uh, serves the practical needs of the church. And whether some churches call it mercy ministry, where it's helping the poor, but basically, the idea is helping out whatever the pastor may need. He helps out, and that's what deacons do. And the result of these deacons was that the ministry of the word was prioritized um, and the word of God was able and they could be able to be focused. And, and that's one thing is when you have a church, you need a team of people. Right. You need a team of people and deacons are a, a huge part of that team, you know, and thank God we have worship leaders because I can't sing. I'm out of I'm out of key all the time. So. But the deacons here in Acts chapter 6 also helped keep the peace. They were significant in making sure that peace was kept. Hey, guys, can you handle the situation? Now, there's no instructions given to the seven about how they're, the process of how they're going to organize. They have to come up with solutions. Oftentimes, deacons see a problem and they come up with a solution, right? They don't need to keep asking the pastor for, what do you think about something? Just, just, just solve it, right? And, the, and the, the result was, in this case, people were getting fed, and the widows were being taken care of, and there was love. And by the way, uh, the seven men that you just read, they are all have Greek names. As if the church was saying, we're going to trust these Greek brothers, these Greek believing believe, uh, believers, to, to, to take care of our widows, both, you know, the whole thing, right? Um, but the deacons promoted peace and unity in the church. Um, they are problem solvers. And so um, as a result of this, of course, the church grew. The church grew. Now, <coughs> the men that were chosen, look at verse 3, has some characteristics of these men. He says, select men among you who are of good reputation. The word good reputation or of good repute is Marteo, it means to be a good witness, to be authentic, to be spoken well of, to have good character, to have or be a respectable person. So they're a good reputation. And second, they are full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Spirit and of wisdom. They understand, deacons understand what it is to be led and submitted to the Holy Spirit and needing his help. They know their weakness, but they also are dependent on God to do that ministry. And they have wisdom as well. Now, what is it, what, what, how does a person become a deacon? What qualifies them? Go to now First Timothy chapter 3, and this is the main part of, uh, of what we lo- can learn about deacons. First Timothy chapter 3, go to your right. Can we open up that back door? Does it feel a little stuffy in here, or is it just me? A little bit? A little bit? Let's do that. Maybe add some airflow. First Timothy three, and I'm going to. I'm actually verse eight is where I really am focused on. Um, so in First Timothy, Paul actually is giving instruction to Timothy, who sort of the pastor of the church there in Ephesus, and he said he gives him instruction. And in this section, he's giving uh, instruction of of elders or or overseer, elder, pastor. That's the same category. What their qualifications are. And then he goes, right after that, he goes and talks about deacons in verse 8. 
what qualifies a person to be a deacon. Um, he says in verse 8, deacons, de- deacons, sounds like sequins, deacons. He does, <laughs> Daniel E. Sparkle, <laughs> he's dequin Daniel. <laughs> deacons, likewise, must be men of dignity, not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. These men must also be tested and let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Women, this is either the wives of the deacons or it's deaconesses. Uh, I tend to think it's deaconesses, uh, but, uh, but either way. Women must also likewise be uh, dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate and faithful in all things. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife, good managers of their children and of their own household. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So we just before we get into to a discussion of this is throughout all of scripture, God always looks for a person, a man after his own heart, right? A man who has character and integrity, a man who's devoted to the Lord. That is the kind of man that God looks for. Oftentimes that man doesn't realize he is that man, <laughs> you know. Uh, when Gideon is chosen, he's get he's chosen uh, not because he's somebody great, because God will use his heart. When Abraham is chosen, he's not chosen because he's Abraham significant to us. He's chosen because he has an obedient heart, right? When David is chosen to be king, he is chosen not because of his appearance or anything striking about him. He's chosen because he's a man after God's own heart. So I'd say one thing about these qualifications is is the one thing I look for in anybody that's going to serve either as a pastor or elder, deacon, whatever, is the character of the person, especially a man of humility. And and Brother Daniel is 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 a man of great humility, a man with significant integrity, a man after God's own heart, you know. And most of us who are in leadership ministry hate the attention. Right? We we don't look for the attention. I didn't look for the attention. Daniel hates the attention as well. It's like, okay God, <laughs> why? Well Paul talks about some some clear, significant qualifications. First of all, these men must be worthy of respect. Generally, there must be respectable men, you know, men of integrity, men who are, you know, this list isn't about a skill set. He doesn't say, you know, find the guy who's good at fixing things and find the guy who's good at spreadsheets. No, find the guy who has integrity, you know. Um, find the, guys, the guy who has a Christ-like attitude, a Christ-like character, you know. That's, you know, that's, that's who you're looking for. Men, uh, these deacons must be in men of dignity, worthy of respect. The word uh, <coughs> that he uses there in 1 Timothy 3, 3.8, um, uh, men of dignity is semnos. It means to be worthy of esteem, especially on account of one's behavior and good character. Uh, it's used in Philippians 4.8 where it talks about whatever thing is true and honorable. You know, thinking on these things, it's the word honorable there. Um, um, these men are dignified. They're not perfect, but they're humble and dignified. They have 
they are examples. Deacons must be men who are uh, not just men of integrity, but but men of of men of integrous speech. Let's put it that way. He says, not double tongued. Um, they are ones who control their speech. The word double tongued there is dialogas. Lagas is one of the words for for a word. Di is two. the The idea is that they're not talking uh, uh, two sides of their mouth. They're just they're, they're one tongue is talking one way, and another tongue is they're not. They're not slanderous. They're not gossips. They're not, uh, they're not ones who share things. If you tell somebody something private, they're not going to go share or talk about that. That's the kind of idea. They're, they're not duplicitous, you know. They're, if you share something, and deacons, though they often will do things that are, are practical in nature, they will be involved with people as well, right? And people will want to share things with Deacon Daniel, and they'll want to share things with 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 the uh, with Daniel and, and significant things, and these are things that he may have to keep quiet or private and not share with others. You know, they can be trustworthy. You know, the last thing you want is to share something with somebody, and then that's important and private, and then it gets shared with somebody else. So they're not they're not they're men of uh, who are controlled in their speech. Their deacons uh, are sincere and not two faced or hypocritical or, or uh, duplicitous. They're Consistent with what they say, they're consistent. They're they're what they say and how they live are consistent. You know, and the good thing about about what we're doing here is I've had time to observe Daniel. I've had time to to get to know him, and he doesn't realize. I mean, there's others I'm watching too. <laughs> As I'm praying, is is the idea of just living your life, and you are a consistent man of a great character. Uh, deacons are considerate in what they say. I've known Daniel to be very considerate in what he says, very gracious, uh, very humble in what he says. Um, you're compassionate what you say, you know, and, and it's caring. And, 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 uh, and you know how to, you know, there's times we've talked and you've, you've said, I've, I've had this conversation or I've listened to this thing and I've had to bite my lip because I didn't want to, to say something that would be injurious to somebody, you know. That's what deacons are called to do, you know. They don't lose their, they don't just, they control their tongue. Um, deacons are also men who are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not spirits. <laughs> he says, they're not addicted to much wine. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not drinking wine. That those days, wine was one of the main things you drank. The water wasn't good. So what you do is you would actually dilute the wine with a lot of water, but you still had this blend. Um, so... Now it's different nowadays. We have clean water. You know, Arrowhead is your favorite water, isn't it? It's not his favorite water. The idea of, of that deacons are controlled or directed by the Holy Spirit is that the idea is of addiction here is it means to turn one's mind to, to occupy oneself with. Uh, the addiction is something you think about all the time, and, and your mind is constantly on it, and then you, you're devoted to it. And he says, no, no. De deacons are those who aren't controlled by substances and other things. They are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean doesn't mean he's perfect or any of us are perfect. But the idea is there is this submission to the control of the Holy Spirit. They're self-controlled. Deacons are self-controlled in their appetites. Uh, they don't indulge in all kinds of bad things. You know that would hinder their witness for the Lord. And then deacons, <coughs> he says, are men with pure motives. 
They're not in it for the money. He says, nor are they fond of sordid gain. Uh, now, some churches, deacons actually handle the finances of the church. You know, some churches, deacons have the same level as elders. But uh, scripturally, that I don't think that is, is, uh, is the case here. Um, deacons have, a, have pure motives. They, they're not greedy for money. They're not desirous to get wealthy. They're not, they're not um, they can be trusted. Right? And Daniel, as I've seen his life, and you guys who know him, uh, know that he is one who has he's a, has great integrity, and he's not he's not tempted with the ring of power, so to speak. Right? He's not tempted with with the the idea of with the idea of having a position. In fact, let me just say something, and we'll get to our trust me, we'll get to our charge. But I want to uh, finish this. What happens is when you call when somebody's called to ministry, and, and the character of humility is so important. Because what happens when you give somebody a position, we think a position of power, many times it goes to, to people's heads and then they want more and that they lust for more, right? And so that's why you have to observe the person and get to know their character, you know? Uh, that's why it's a long, it's a le- not lengthy process, but it takes some time observing and get to know somebody. You don't lay hands on somebody. You don't rush to lay hands on somebody because, and I've seen cases and I have, I have people I know who they were appointed as deacon or as an elder, and it ruined their church because the person just got full of themselves, and they, were, they don't realize the ser- we are in a service ministry. We are we are to be served the price. We are we are to be humble, right? Being appointed to the office of church means that we are on our knees. We are doing the hard grunt work of ministry for Christ, right? Not for our glory, but for Christ. That's the difference. That's why Jesus says, "Hey, you look at the world, how they control." The leaders kind of control, and they, they pull the buttons, and they kind of say, worship me, worship me, you know. Not with you. The greatest of you will be the servants, he says. And that's what deacons are supposed to be. And then Paul says that deacons are to hold to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. That means they're to have a good theology. That means they're have to be a, a true believer of Christ. They're to, to be consistent uh, and clear in their theology. They, they are... Uh, uh, they are they know the word of God for one thing. For one thing. Um, deacons aren't required to teach. Elders are required to be able to teach. Deacons aren't. But if a deacon has a gift of teaching and desire, then you know, why, why not? In fact, you know, the seven men we read, Stephen, right, after, sec, after chapter 7, he's a deacon and he's preaching. Then he dies. You know, he gets, he gets martyred. Um, Philip, another deacon of the seven, He's actually called to witness to the Ethiopian eunuch, right, and to share the gospel with with him. So that's two out of the seven that we know that, in fact, later on, Paul refers to that Philip as Philip the evangelist, right? So deacons don't have to teach. They're not called to to have the position. But if they have to give the teaching and the desire, by all means, yeah, you know, it's not a requirement. But but if they do, then, of course, they should know their Bibles and and they should know their, they should know, uh, have, have good understanding of scripture and of theology, and they live, must live their faith inconsistent with that. And so Paul says that these, uh, that these deacons have to have these qualifications. And then he says, verse 10, let these men be tested. Then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. The idea there is let them be proven. Let's see, let's, let's, let's examine them. And we've had a chance to examine Daniel. Daniel was, has been with us since the beginning. I think this is long. This is long overdue, Daniel. 
you know. I mean, it's long overdue. And I know you shied away because I get you, you know. I, I totally get you. Um, and so he has been tested. Uh, we have seen, observed, his. he is here. When we were setting up uh, at the other church, he would be there every time. Here last night we were here till nine something taking care of the taking care of the sound. You know he's here on I get here eight o'clock on, on on Sunday mornings and sometimes Daniel's be I hate to say today you were five three minutes ahead of me. You, you, I saw you guys parking. He's here right and he, he's and you never hear him complain. You never hear Daniel complain about anything right and, and anything. You don't hear me about complaining, but you'll never hear him complain. And he is he has been tested and he has. Uh, he has the characteristics um, of integrity. And then Paul continues, verse 12, the deacons must be husbands of only one well. Wives, that means it's a one, he's a one-woman man. He's got one woman in his life. That's Amen. His wa- Amen. That's na- Natalie. Okay? Doesn't mean he has to be. If you're, if you're single, you can still be a deacon. But if you're married, you're a one-woman man. Right? You don't have people on the side, that kind of stuff. Right? They have good character, a good uh, quality home life. And see, for those who serve well, verse 13, as deacons, obtain for themselves a high calling and great confidence in faith. What exactly do deacons do? Deacons help support the ministry, right? If you look at First Timothy 3, the first part is about the elders and pastors, and then deacons are right after, and the idea is, is there's a teamwork aspect, and the deacons help support the ministry. They do, they, they, they are part of the uh, assistance to, the, they could be called assistance to the, to the elders or, they, or to the pastor. Um, they are carrying out the duties of the pastor and and help that so that the pastor can can serve, and ultimately deacons are like Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, that's why we had I had Michelle read that scripture. At the end of the day, deacons and pastors, the deacons we're talking about today, are like Christ, who is the ultimate deacon. He's the ultimate servant, servant, right? Uh, he's the deacon of deacons, the servant of servants. He that's who we follow, and everything we do is following Christ's example. And whether you have the official title of deacon or you're Christian, everything you do is following the example of Christ, washing the disciples' feet, being a servant, being ready to help, being ready to see a need and help in whatever way it happens. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Daniel. Come up, Daniel. Stand right here. Just are you on camera? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you worked it out. Hi, mom. <laughs> um. We're gonna do what's called the charge of the deacon. What? What's that? Not yet. No, not yet. That comes next. Because the first thing is I have to give you a charge, right? Daniel, you have been recognized by the Resurrection Church to serve in the capacity of a deacon. You have been recognized and selected with the honor of great responsibility of the, of the office of deacon. 
I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and your answer will be, I will, with the Lord's help, and God be my helper, right? Having prayerfully considered the nature and purpose of the work to which you have been chosen, will you consider your appointment to call from God? Will you accept this responsibility and strive to fill the position to which you are called and to promote the interest of the church, to assist the pastor whenever you can do so, to look out for the poor and the needy and see that that no one suffers uh, materially so far as it's in your power to prevent? Will you affirm your allegiance to Christ, the church, and the scriptures? Will you accept the office of deacon in this church and promise faithfully to perform the duties required in this office? And will you promise to cooperate with the pastor and to further the interest of the church in promoting its harmonious and effective working in all its ministries? Okay. Now I'm going to talk to the church, to the body of Christ here, because you're witnessing this, and this, you're part of this as well, right? It isn't just him, it's all of us, because he is serving the body. And of course, since the times of the apostles, uh, the churches uh, have been have entrusted godly individuals to help lead it, and they the Apostle Paul says that they are worthy of double, double honor. And so a uh, congregation calls from among its own certain people to fill those roles, to give those spiritual ministries. So I'm going to ask a question to the, to the church. And you'll answer by saying, we will, the Lord being our help. Will you, the members of this church, acknowledge and affirm this brother as a deacon? Will you esteem and honor and encourage him, pray for him, and cooperate with him as he performs the duties of a deacon? All right, all right. So now, come here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, Daniel, <coughs> as your pastor, I'm gonna, I charge you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit to fulfill this office depending on the Lord for his glory. Amen. All right, so now what we're going to do is I want to have, uh, let's bring up Natalie too, and we're going to, uh, if there's, uh, I, I, feel, I thought I saw a, a bishop back there. Reverend, did he leave? That's okay. We're going to gather, we're going to pray for Daniel, and Daniel, I want you to have a seat right here. Thank you, both of you guys. We're going to, yeah. Actually, you know something? Neil, the seat's for her. Okay, can you come come up and kind of pray? Um, Alan, come on up, and if you can find CL, if he wants to come pray with us, he's just gone. He had to go. That's okay. He wanted to give us support. He came. He was all dressed up, just for Daniel. Now he's going home. Now he's going home to get changed. Let's pray. Father, 
it is with great privilege, Lord, that we um, promote, in one sense, Lord, Daniel Stoller as deacon, as our first deacon, Lord, of Resurrection Church. Father, would you, we pray, fill him with your Holy Spirit. God, would you direct him, Lord, as being a deacon, Lord, would you give him your strength, your wisdom, your leading? Would you use him as you have already done so, Lord, to bring peace and help in this church, to bring support and ultimately glory to you, Lord? In the name of Jesus, we, we appoint him as our deacon. We recognize God's call in his life, Lord. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would bless not only Daniel, but his dear, precious precious wife who stands with him as well, that you would guard them both and protect them both, Lord. Father, that you would minister through both of them as they are, they are one flesh. And Lord, I pray that you would um, use Daniel in mighty ways, God. Enable him, Lord, for this ministry. Would you bless him to be an example of Christ? And all peop God's people said, Amen. Amen. Want to stand up? Now, it's my honor to present you with Deacon Daniel Stroller. And as part of our celebration, we have a couple things. First of all, uh, my lovely wife Sharon has has uh, some flowers for Rachel Bedford. So let me just say something. This has been long overdue, and his wife, you know this, has been long overdue. Something you've been praying for for a long time. And this man who who loves the Lord, and would not want any attention whatsoever. He hates the attention. But God has has listen, Danny. God is has has used you in all of our lives as an example and he's going to use you in the future and there are things he's going to work in your life and through your ministry uh that you're 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 trying to avoid but he's going to direct you in his way and so walk in that walk in the fact that he doesn't call you or any one of us because of our quality because our because we're so good or perfect we, he calls us because he says i'm looking for a man that i can work through and right now you're 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 that man in this in this case as our deacon, and so we want to honor and thank you. And we have a couple of our our um, uh, our spiritual uh, overseers, uh, Pastor Kevin Cox from New Orleans and Pastor Brian Gandy, uh, sent a video. Brian's actually in Uganda and Kevin's in New Orleans. So while we play, uh, we're gonna play the. They're very short, like a couple, just like a minute or two long each, and just to. Um, Hey, we want to give a shout out to Daniel there at Church Resurrection in Arizona. God bless you, Daniel, for what God's doing in your life. We just rejoice with you that uh, you have been nominated as a deacon within the life of the church and now ordained today. So God bless you as they lay hands on you and anoint you. Uh, may God fulfill the ministry that he has for you in and through the, your life and the life of your family and the life of the church. I know God's going to use you greatly. It's been a privilege to talk with you in the past and get to know you. If you ever need anything, if you never need any encouragement, you know that we're only a phone call away. And uh, we want to stay in touch with you and lock arms with you and be praying for you throughout this incredible chapter in your life. And, and I pray that alongside John and others there at the church, as you all serve together, 
uh, that God will empower each of you with the power of his Holy Spirit. Uh, this is an incredible moment of moving forward in the life of church growth and uh, discipleship. And so I know you're going to do a great job. And uh, just please know that we stand by your side and we encourage you in everything that you do uh, within ministry as uh, you go along with Resurrection Church. God bless you guys. Resurrection Church. Greetings from Uganda. This is my friend Abby. Can you wave, Abby? Wave. Hey, Daniel, we are so excited that you are being recognized as a deacon. Uh, you're not being commissioned to be a deacon. You're just being recognized because that's who you are already. So I'm so proud of you. Congratulations, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with you when I get back to Phoenix. I'll be back the beginning of April. Talk to you later. God bless. Bye. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Praising my Savior all the day long. Well, thank you for coming out to, to support Daniel and his ordination. I actually have a certificate for him as well. And uh, this you can frame. I, uh, I didn't want to pick out the frame for you because you have, may have a different style than I do. But this is just honoring you as a brother as a, the Lord. Well, what a, what a tremendously blessed day this is, and uh, we are just so grateful, and thank you for all of you, and uh, thank you for this body. And so I'm going to pronounce the blessing, the Aaronic blessing on you, as the Lord says to Moses, or Moses says to Aaron, bless the people, and place my name on what these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord, may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. So we'll see you guys next time. Amen.